Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. I'm Corey. And... <laughs> we, were, we were literally <laughs> just talking about this, and we can't help but laugh. Um, Chris Chris is... Uh, I, I, he just got back from a... Uh, I, I guess a honeymoon part two because they're a redo honeymoon yeah, yeah a redo honeymoon because his original honeymoon was cut short due to covid um so him and marielle went to nashville and then on the flight back chris found his second uh former detroit sports celebrity uh to pump this podcast which he's he's in the airport just chilling in like he walked onto the plane Oh, just, just so <laughs> just golden, made eye contact. So, Golden Tate, if you're listening, um, thank you. Hilarious if you are. <laughs> Hilarious if you are. Maybe he's going to give you know an episode a push. I did see that our Twitter polls uh, have been up. So, like, there's yeah. multiple people voting um, yeah. outside of the people that we know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, so, who who knows? Maybe there are people that are um, have been persuaded by uh mr darren mccarty and uh golden tate so uh thank you to those fine gentlemen um for doing us proud and waving the cnc replay flag yeah so Who... <laughs> hold it like can we just take a second and like try and find an athlete we can compare chris to who like shows up once in a blue moon but when he does it's astronomical the amount of work they get done gates brown Okay, there we He's, go. He was uh he he was a a Tigers player from like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad always talked about him. I I maybe he's not the same. So Tigers had a pinch runner and a pinch hitter specifically, and like I I'm pretty sure it was Gates Brown who was known for his pinch hitting ability. Like they were giving him some starts and he didn't produce as well. But then mm-hmm. him coming off the bench, just. And he was a fan favorite. So, like, it would be, uh, I, I I would say, a better version of Eric Haas, um, Gates Brown. Um, so, so that's Chris. <laughs> Chris is Gates Brown. Uh, Perfect. Because, and honestly, he, you could argue that he does more production than us, um, depending how you look at it. Um, but we will. Let's not get we, too crazy. <laughs> we're not going to get too crazy about that. So, uh well done. Thank you for all of the listeners of, of yes. this this humble little podcast. Um, and we love you, Chris. We just tease you because we do. Oh, I, I don't love Chris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Chris. You know I love you. We embraced in Little Caesars Arena. Uh, we kissed. Sloppy and wet. Just kidding. Marielle was right there. She was right there. She saw it. Um, lots to talk about. Many things to talk about, yeah. Many things to talk about. Historic things to talk about. Um, it finally happened, uh, and a lot sooner than most people thought. Um, Miguel Cabrera, officially a member of the 3000 Hit Club, um, which was a wild and crazy ride. Um, yes. It, and it, it, I feel like it started... It was it was over the span of three days. Uh, it started on Wednesday, where he was still, what he was, what he I, he was five hits away on Wednesday this past Wednesday. So yes, by the time people are listening Close to this, to that. yes, um, or I guess Tuesday into the Wednesday game, um, five hits away, um, and by the time that people will be listening to this, it'll probably be, probably be Thursday. Thursday or late Wednesday, whenever you listen to your uh, your media. Um, but series against the Yankees, um, no one's really expecting... I, I mean, I didn't expect Cabrera to get super close um, that fast, but a 4-for-4 four four night, a vintage Miguel Cabrera night, mm-hmm. I might add, pushed uh, fans into a mass pandemonium. Um I had I was I was running youth group and I had my mom call me and my dad call me <laughs> in the midst of there was just some crazy stuff that without without getting into detail um, crazy stuff happened at youth group and then it was another thing my parents are trying to get a hold of me to watch this but I'm like I'm working I can't really 
there's there's only so much I can do. Um, right. So I, I was paying attention to that. I think Cabrera finished. Uh, he finished four for five that night. So I, I, I think I, I think I saw the at bat and he struck out. Uh, then we go to the next day, which is a afternoon game um, against the Yankees. I'm working at Heritage, so I'm putting it up on my phone and first at bat. <clears throat> Uh, looks like he got a hold of it. And we're all kind of thinking, like, can can the 3,000th hit be a home run? That would be sweet. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Storybook. Yeah. Um, but uh, doesn't happen. Flies out. I think he grounds out, strikes out in that game. Until until the, what was it, the eighth inning mm-hmm. where yep. um, the bases, I think if there's a runner on, I no, 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 no. They were loaded. Yes, they, yeah, were, they loaded. were loaded. They were loaded with, I believe, no outs. It, would it was have either to none no or not. Yeah. Was it none it or have, one? It would have to have been no outs. Okay. So bases are loaded, and uh, uh, Jamer Candelario is up to the plate, and he does probably the worst baseball play that you can do in that situation. And he grounds into a double play. Uh, with the a force out at home and then him at first, uh, him getting out at first. Yes. Uh, the problem, the runners move over, so you have runners at second and third, so you're more than capable of winning the game. The problem is that Miguel Cabrera is coming up with a free base. So I've, yes. I, I was listening to the broadcast, and, and like I can hear Craig Monroe say, Oh, the fans aren't going to like this. Um, <laughs> and then Aaron Boone uh, intentionally walks Miguel Cabrera, which pandemonium, pandemonium, everything aside, that was the right baseball move. Absolutely the right baseball move to do. Yeah. There, no question about it. Um, but every person in America, if they needed another reason to hate the New York Yankees, <laughs> Got one. I don't think they did. They no, no one did. No one did. I was furious because I was rushing to my house after uh, a couple phone calls and uh, a conversation with uh, some colleagues or whatever. Um, and I'm trying to watch this, and I get it on my TV. And literally after Candelario's double play, Cabrera comes up, and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding!" <laughs> I'm like screaming at my teeth, no freaking way. And then which what was awesome was that Austin Meadows just hits a crushed bloop. it. He didn't even crush it. He he hit a bloop single. That's that scores two and then the Tigers end up winning the game. Like just like chef's kiss sort of a thing. <laughs> like like they're being freaking maroons out there. Mm-hmm. Like smart baseball move, but like come on. You're really going to do that? Yeah, everybody um, was angry. Everybody was angry. Um, Everyone was angry. So then the chase for 3,000 goes to Friday when the Rockies are in town. Um, but it stops on Friday because the game gets rained out. And uh, what I thought was interesting, um, it, 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 was, it was hard to do because, or just scheduling wise. So the game was on Friday night. All right, and so then we you had a day night double header. Um, mm-hmm. You had a day night double header for uh, the Rockies and Tigers, um, but the ticket for Friday night was scheduled for the night game or something like that. Yeah. But what the Tigers did, which I thought was kind of cool, was I I think you could either exchange that ticket for the first game. Mm-hmm. and or it was 50% off for tickets to that game. So you got you got yes. all, you got your money back, but then you got 50% off for the the afternoon game. So I thought that was a nice gesture um but also when you think about it like the fans who bought tickets for Friday were were most likely like oh we want to see Miguel Cabrera, we don't want to go to the other after we don't want to go to the night game. Right. I'd have to look into that more, but if that's the case, kudos to the Tigers um, for offering a, a, a special deal like that. Um, but if not, that's kind of lame. But also, you got a ticket and a half for a rained-out game, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in my mind, that's cool. 
Um, so, uh, and then beautiful. The, the weather was perfect on, on Saturday. Yeah, Cabrera comes up and yeah, Cabrera comes I up. I was in the, LCA when that happened. You? Yeah. Oh, you went to the um, Red Wings game? Yes. Were you, you have not been active in our group chats recently. I well, I've been many so busy. I've been I know. so busy. I will pick it up from here. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm at LCA for the Red Wings closer, which um, was not fun for me, but it was fun in general because I was with my friend Christina, who's a huge, a massive Penguins fan and has never been to a pro game before. Mm-hmm. Um, so she got to watch them win, which we can talk about later. But um, after first period, first intermission came up, and I was like, Christina, I want to go get, uh, want to go get some food. Let's go and stand in line. So we're standing in line um, on the upper concourse and um, waiting for food or waiting to order. And I turn around and you know how there are all those like 45 inch screens all over? Yes. Like on the outside kind of facing the arena. Um, I turn around and the Tigers game is on every single one of them. And I'm, mm. <laughs> and then it's Miggy's, Miggy's up to bat, right? I'm yeah. like, God. and then I, I shouted, I was like, Miggy. <laughs> And, like, the whole, like, everybody around me kind of went, like, just (laughs) heads just, like, turned. And then as people started noticing around, you just saw these, like, clusters of 25 people around every single TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found out later that they actually put it up on the Jumbotron in the arena. So it was live streaming Uh... on every single screen in that in in LCA. As it should. And so first, first pitch, first whack at it was a was a foul ball um and like you could see everybody just kind of like tense really quick (laughs) so they're like wanting it um and then second pitch was you know the the straight line single and the cheer that went up in that arena was like the red wings had scored a goal it was so loud everybody everybody in there was so happy I, i think even like the penguins fans were like cheering with us you know because that's I think that's something everybody can get behind is is yeah. a, is a player accomplishing accomplishing that. So like that was a really special moment. Even if I wasn't in in, in Comerica Park watching it, it was really fun to be downtown with everybody. And um, especially with the way the Wings game ended, that felt like a small victory to watch McGee do that with a bunch of Detroit fans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's that's cool that you were able to experience it in like a. I guess that live setting. Um, and like, I think the Red Wings and the Tigers specifically do well. I mean, every city, like they'll root for, you know, the home team. Like you'll see, Mm -hmm. like the Eagles will comment on the Flyers Twitter account, like good luck, whatever. But I think mostly due to the fact that Illich Holdings has stake in both teams. Like Mm -hmm. the relationship between the Red Wings and the Tigers is, is very strong. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's cool that um, for the most part, if you're a fan of one, you're like a diehard fan of both. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. Um, My experience, I was coaching. I was in the midst of coaching a game, like at a high school field. Uh, and I had to pull it up on my phone, but I was also charting pitches for the opposing pitcher. So like, I had to like secretly see, so I, so in a very sunny and glared view, I did see Miguel Cabrera's hit. So I was, cause I missed his home run. I was driving, um, mm. uh, this 500th home run. Um, but cool moment, really cool special, moment. For um, sure, cool moment. And the fans of Detroit showed out as well. Um, they did a um, yeah, it's like record breaking since since 20... 2017. Yeah. It was the it was the largest attended game regular season game, not opening day, since like August of twenty. Might have been August or September. Excuse me. Wow, that was gross. Um, <laughs> of uh, 2017. Uh, so it's been over four years since so uh really cool to see the fans show up and then the 60,000 fans uh for both games was the largest uh uh single game attendance 
uh, in I think uh, roughly since the 2014. Same amount of since 2014, I'm looking at that stat right now. Yeah, it was 60, just over 66,000, highest single mark at Comerica Park since Detroit and Cleveland drew 80,000, just over 80,000 wow. between the uh, between both ends of a double header on July 9th, 2014. Yeah, July 19th, 2014. Sorry, and that's cool to see. Like, like. A full Comerica Park is a lively Comerica Park, and a lively Comerica yeah, Park absolutely. just adds to the play. Um, and the fact that um, fans have been able to uh, support along this journey, because I believe the afternoon game against the Yankees was also pretty full. At, at the very least, the lower bowl was completely full on, on a random Thursday in April. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... We love to, we love, love, love to see it. Yeah. Um, and the but, celebration afterwards was really sweet. Like, you know, the yeah. whole team ran out on the field. He got to, you know, be with his, his parents and his family. And um, who was, who was the guy that was checking his pulse? Oh, CJ Crone. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. All the good things that you would imagine a Miguel Cabrera type celebration to be happened. Yes. It was it was very sweet all around, and the yes. tributes you nearly cried because of a certain person. <sighs> just bring him back. This is just so annoying. <laughs> Freaking, you knew what you... <sighs> they can be. They, Corey, they're allowed to be friends. No, I mean, I just, I'm just, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad at the Illiches. They should have brought him back home, and he's he's doing the thing again where he's Justin Verlander, and he's just absolutely obliterating the competition. Like, it makes me so mad. Um, two more years, and then we could hopefully see him in a, in a Tigers uniform again. And if we're not competing by then, then send the Illiches to the moon <laughs> and leave them there. Um or just Chris, I should say. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I think we could just... Send Chris. Uh, Chris off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, where where was I even? Oh, the tributes. And then Iglesias is the first person that hugs him. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's that's awesome. Uh, so that's just so a really sweet. cool, special moment. And, like, big accomplishments like that. Like, everything slows down. It's, it's not so much... Uh, uh, you know, a competition as it is a celebration and that both teams can uh, can come together in those moments. That's really cool. And then... If you're not that, the Yankees. Right, because F them. Um, but uh, and then the Tigers proceeded to score a bajillion runs in that one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very important, that one game. Mm-hmm. And then proceeded to not score any more runs afterwards in the next two games. So maybe like I don't know, sprinkle in a couple them. of runs. <laughs> they used then? all their firepower. <laughs> it yeah, was twenty-one it... zero for those of you who were not aware. Twenty-one. Yes. No. Yeah. No, it was thirteen. No. It, it, yeah, it was not twenty-one, but still, if what they would have saved. What was the other twenty? Was... Who had twenty-one? That was, there was the another Cubs. team that had. Okay. Cubs. I wasn't. Pirates. I knew I wasn't pulling that out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, so Tigers right. was thirteen zero. Yep. Um. Yeah. Regardless, coming back to reality, um, I'm getting I'm getting to the level of disappointment now with this team um, because there are some very good things that are happening. Obviously, Cabrera, um, mm-hmm. his milestones. Um, the we talked about the bullpen. Uh, the Tigers team ERA is three twenty two which right now at the very least is the best in the American league. Mm-hmm. So the pitching staff has been solid or at, at the very, and I, I'm, I, I say that loosely because the starting rotation has not been, it's been of all things, the bullpen, which is, it, it it's Wild. mind numbing to me. Yeah. Because your top two, or you've top two arms, not top, you're not your top two, but very significant pieces. Andrew Chafin hasn't even made his debut for the Tigers yet. And Kyle Funkhauser, who was an integral piece to that bullpen last year, have not pitched. Mm-hmm. So you're getting, you're getting 
run support or not run support. You're getting great pitching performances out of Willie Peralta. Remember him from last year? Thirty one year old journeyman who is now back and he will probably stay. He's probably gonna be uh the fourth or fifth starter now. Um Bo Brisky made his debut. Um I would like to see more I didn't get to watch that game. I would but I heard that his stuff was really, really good. Um Tarek Skubel said it was it was awesome. And he's a he's another late round wonder, like the twenty sixth round we got this guy. So crazy. Crazy that he's even in the majors. But um outside of that, Eduardo Rodriguez and this is gonna be a problem, he's not been very good. He went six innings and gave up three runs, so like his first good start uh of of the year, but just opening day was disappointing. Uh and then his next start against uh the Red Sox wasn't all that great either. Um, I can't believe he's only pitched. He's he's pitched more, hasn't he? He's had one more start. I don't know, but not important. He and that's your like outside of Javier Baez. That's your key piece to mm-hmm. your rotation. Like that's your mm-hmm. anchor. That's your quote unquote ace. Yep. And he's struggled out of the gate. And Javier Baez, he got hurt. He's been electric, but. I just I watched uh the Sunday game. He he had two identical at bats. <laughs> and he struck out on a sli- he literally he literally saw a slider on the outside corner four times. And all four times he swung at it and missed. Now, I'm I'm not saying anything back cuz he hit a double today that scored a run. Oh. <sighs> Boy, he's gonna test my patience, and I and I and I like him. I really yeah. do. Like, don't yeah. don't don't get it twisted. I do. And we knew this from the beginning. Like we that was one of the, the first things beginning. you said when we got him. We knew this from the very beginning, yeah. but but that is gonna from your three hitter. That is gonna drive me. That is gonna drive me up a wall this year. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's gonna cost us a game. He's gonna have great peripherals. He's gonna have. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have a good war. He's gonna be great defensively, but he's gonna have these moments where it's just like that cannot happen. Yeah. It just can't. And yeah. I think that's probably why he got the contract that he did uh, from us, as a, as opposed to a different team uh, like a like a Mets or another team that was looking for a shortstop because of those things that you can't see on paper. I think he's a great player. I hope he does. I hope he succeeds. I think he will succeed here, but there's going to be a lot of at bats that are going to be like that. Austin Meadows has been a saving grace. Again, he's been scratched. a highlight. Of he's been a, the first however many games at 15, 16, How many games have we played? He's a, he's an on base machine, and it's not yeah. like oh the Alex Avila he gets on base. No, he's getting on base at a four, like thirty eight mark right now, and that was and and that's like second best in the American League. It might even be the second best in the majors right now. I mean, it, mm-hmm. how we got him here, still. If we can, if look, if the tie. Remember, we had our we had our two year mark right with with Justin Verlander. That's what we're aiming for, and we want to be competitive at the end of this season. But sure. if we can just continue to get these really like random golden nuggets of humans, like we got a kill to do that last year. We got um, we got. Why did I just blank on his name? <laughs> what just Ooh. happened? The person oh, we're talking about. Austin Meadows. Thank you. I was like, A, A, yeah, okay. But we got Austin Meadows this, this season. If we just keep doing that two more times, I think maybe we can get a pitcher next year. It'll be it'll be solid. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep upping and adding the random pieces of, wait, who are you again and why are you doing well? I mean, I, I said, too, from the very beginning, we needed another starter. <laughs> just yep. as, plain, oh, as yeah. plain and simple. And Tyler Alexander coming into that fifth role will be fine, but and but as we've seen from I think it's his third start, he is he is not the option. He is mm-hmm. not the answer. Michael Pineda has been uh, a bright spot. I think he's had two starts, and he's pitched pretty well. It's just a matter of how healthy he can be. But oh, man, Alexander is your fifth. Just it. it Man, you just you just want more. And another thing too, mm-hmm. the offense 
it's it's deflating. It it, it really is. Um, Grossman does his thing. You know what you're going to get from him. Meadows has been a resurgence, or not a resurgence, but Meadows has been a significant bright spot. Um, and Baez will be Baez, but Condelario has been bad at the plate. Oh, yeah. Scope has been bad at the yes. plate. And as unfortunate as it pains me to say, mm-hmm. Akil Badu has been bad at the mm-hmm. plate. Tucker Barnhart, he had a good game on Sunday, has been bad at the plate. Even Eric Haas, he's hitting under under 200 right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Victor Reyes was good, then he got hurt. And then everybody got hurt and all of this stuff. But that those are four to five dudes that are, are, are not producing at all at the plate. And that's, I mean, five outs automatically in a in a game where seven out of ten times you're going to get an out. <laughs> that's right. That's that's not, that's a recipe for uh, you know disaster, not disaster, but that's a but failure. That's, that's a recipe for failure. That, that's not going to win you many games. Um, the good news is that the. The Central hasn't been as strong. The White Sox have struggled out the gate, and I believe the first-place team has a losing record in the Central right now. So good on them um, because uh, I guess they're hanging to it, I suppose. But outside of that, we got we got to speed this production up. Otherwise, this season could get out of hand very quickly when there was a lot more hype uh, surrounding everything. And even after the mm-hmm. first game, everyone's like the rebuilds over where we are, we yeah. are going to contend here. Um, things could get haywire very, very quickly. Um, I want to try to find something. I should have pulled it up, uh, first. Um, but I wish it would just, uh, uh, no. Okay. I got it. It's through the app. I thought this was going to be, um, somebody else but here's our offensive production right now so oh no team leader in average who do you think it is um uh yeah i don't even i don't even have a guess i haven't well, been watching Meadows. all that much so i don't it's Meadows. 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 okay okay so and home runs uh home runs i don't even is it Meadows again? Torkelson. No. He's hit three. Torkelson. So, oh, that's right. He's had a couple. Good. Bright spot. He's moved his way up in the lineup. So yes. hard to miss on a number one overall pick, but very good. Uh, stolen bases doesn't really count in this discussion. Runs. Um, I have no clue. Meadows with nine, Meadows. with eight. Okay. Uh, on, on base percentage. You should know this one. Should I? Yes, you should. I'm not good I just, at this. I just talked Is about it Meadows? It. It's Meadows. Oh, yeah. Slugging. Corey, I don't know. It's Meadows. Okay, 458. cool. Uh, we have one guy holding down the fort. 458, which... Uh, so slugging is uh, indicative of, of total bases. So uh, if, if, your, if your slugging percentage is your batting average then or close to your batting average that means you're hitting singles mm-hmm. so and if it's um if it's like in the 400s mostly doubles 500s triples or, or home run all that stuff um okay so ops or slugging percentage is meadows ops um just follow the trend is it meadows again <laughs> it's meadows okay. so Med- meadows uh hits uh, is it Meadows? It is Meadows. Okay. Doubles. Is it Meadows? No, it's actually Candelario, but still. Oh, okay. Triples. Is it Meadows? It's Meadows. Uh, strikeouts leads Torkelson. Cost stealing is one. or And then at-bats, Scope has 61, um, which is bad because Scope has been bad. Um, number two on those lists, for the most part, um, is Miguel Cabrera. Hmm. Uh, Cabrera is, or I guess, uh, Grossman is actually at a 310 average. Man, that's sneaky. Uh, but Cabrera has, Cabrera's hitting 
getting a hit in this in in thirty percent of his at bats right now. That we're are we seeing a Cabrera resurgence? resurgence. <laughs> or I, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'd call it a resurgence. I think he's probably just pushing for right the end of his career. You know, yeah. Wants but to it, well, it's good to see that he's being productive. But outside yeah. of that, oh, yeah. Outside of that, there needs to be a lot more help. Oh, we hit a Baez hit a tank. He hit a three run home run. We just took the lead. Oh. <laughs> so, Forget what it, we just said about Baez. No, actually, no, that's the th- point. That's the point. No, I know. I was. That's kidding. the point. Oh man, music just started playing. I got to stop it. <laughs> wow, I hate it when that happens. But I was. Holy smokes, Baez crushed that pitch. But there you go. He's going to be responsible for wins, and then he's going to be—he's going to fall short significantly in some pretty big moments. He crushed that ball. Holy crap. Okay. Um, bottom line, Tigers' offense needs to right the ship because the bullpen has been keeping it together. Um, you've gotten more production from people that you wouldn't expect it. Miguel Cabrera. Most people were ready. He's like, okay, let him get his let him get his record, and then you know, take him out. Send back. him off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. Take him out back and have him take a trip to the farm. Um, and <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> but you can't. He he started fifth in the order. Now he's up to clean up again because he's been hitting so well. Um, yeah. And he almost hit a single. Sorry. Um, but. Uh, Starting pitching needs to come around. Offense needs to come around. Um, and guys need to get healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've... If the first few series of the year have showed us anything, is that the American League Central is still, as much as I hate to say it, is still the weakest division in baseball, um, as all the teams have struggled out of the gate. So that means it's anybody's for the taking. Right. So win your games, take care of business, and you could very well just sneak into the playoffs <laughs> as the central division winner um, and host playoff series, given the new wildcard format, um, which is cool. Uh, it would be fun. I would not complain. Um, I would be very happy with that. Um, mm-hmm. And because, and you need to do it because, as we've said, AJ Hinch will not stay here if this team is not being built to be competitive. Correct. And AJ Hinch and his coaching staff are maybe even more important than any of the free agent signings that you can have because we saw the change in a team with the roster the way that it was. We saw how well they played under their regime with nobody here. Yeah. Yep. Can you imagine what that team would be like with those guys at the helm if we had additional talent? So, I hope you're watching, Chris Illich. And boom, we've talked 30 minutes again about Tigers baseball. <laughs> Remember when we no- said we were going to cut down on that? Nope, we're not. Um, Noel, any other thoughts? Not on Tigers baseball. Do you want to talk about the... Uh, the fact that Cade Cunningham got third in the voting for Rookie of the Year. I mean, I don't even think there's anything else that we can talk about. Yeah, that was we my talk... only comment. Was that's the fact, and if if that's if that's what the voters really feel like, sure, sure, fine, whatever. I, yeah, this I think this is the problem with awards because there's not a clear cut like. Uh, criteria, I would say, because I've, I've, I've made this argument several times uh, about the Cy Young Award, okay? Mm-hmm. So Felix Hernandez, when he was the pitcher that he was, won the Cy Young while, having, while being one win above 500 on the season. He pitched for a bad team. I get that. That's fine. Um, and I guess he was cl- – like other like stats, ERA, all that stuff – Clear cut was the best pitcher by that metric, but he won. He won the Cy Young. Fact of the matter, with only one win above 500. I, for the longest time, thought he had a losing record, but he did not. We fast forward to 2016, where Rick Porcello 
wins the American League Cy Young Award because he led the league in wins. He did not lead a single major pitching category. Strikeouts, innings pitched, uh, ERA. He did not lead mm-hmm. a single one of those. Mm-hmm. At all. And Verlander lost out on his second Cy Young Award in a Detroit Tigers uniform, I might add, because Rick Porcello had more wins. So, like, it's like stuff so that's like that. why you're upset, because Justin well, Verlander was involved. I am upset, but I've made this <laughs> argument before. So Yes, I know. We've had Rookie of the Year awards given out to players on terrible teams all the time, right? Um, and then we've had Cy Young awards given to players who didn't have the winning record. It's the criteria changes year by year. That's the that's the argument I'm trying to say. And the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is that Cade Cunningham had better offensive stats, however you want to look at it, uh, than both of those guys who finished ahead of him in the voting. But we we don't have to. We don't. I mean, he averaged more points. He averaged more assists. Mm-hmm. Rebounds were different because I mean, Mobley was a center, freaking. Yeah. And, uh, It'd be hard to beat that, just generally. Yeah, and uh, I think Scotty Barnes had a uh, he had more uh, rebounds. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cunningham, both of those guys beat in points and in points and assists on a mm-hmm. worse team. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get into that argument. What I want to talk about. Um, and something that we're, I guess we're going to combine. We're going to combine our NHL and NBA talk because we're yep. heading down into the season. And thank goodness because the Red Wings hockey just needs to. It needs Zadina, to be over. It needs to it be needs over. To be done. Zadina went down with a, what did he have, an appendect, or a appendectomy? Yeah, they Florida. left him in Florida because his appendix ruptured. That's so funny, but not <laughs> at the same time. It, yeah, it's there's there's a horrible irony to it. Yes. It's just, it feels like the perfect encapsulation of what the end of this season has been for this team. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, uh, Larkin had core muscle surgery. We talked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. We just played a game in Toronto where Matthews scored his 60th goal, um, which hasn't happened since 2011, 2011 uh, 2012, when Steven Stamkos did it. Um, also, apropos of the Red Wings. Yeah, classic. Um, and. Bertuzzi couldn't play in Toronto because he's not vaccinated. Uh, so, <laughs> so the okay, can we just talk about the lines that they released? Oh gosh, the top line. Our top line had two two dudes. people. <laughs> two people. You know how I don't know if anybody else is familiar with this, two, but usually two forwards. <laughs> usually, when you dress seven defensemen and eleven forwards, it's the bottom line that gets the guy that rotates a lot. Not the top line, not the first line. The first line has three people on it, usually. That's not what they did today. That Blash. was not what was decided. And what do you know? They scored zero goals in that game. Hmm. Um, wow. Crazy. Blashell's just got to be like, I'm going to do whatever the F I want because <laughs> yeah, I'm, this point, I'm toast. Just... I'm just toast at the end of the year. I think year. he's throwing the toast at the wall. Like, that's yeah. how he's choosing things. Um, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, gosh. gosh. So that was the end of the Red Wings season. We have one more game to go, but we're probably not even going to talk about that. Well, it's New Jersey, so that might be an entertaining game, and Nadelkovich uh. had a shutout against them. So that was a bright spot. Nadelkovich has four shutouts. So Nadelkovich is like, he's either on it, or he's the worst goalie of all time. That's that's what we get. Not I actually not that's the, the worst goalie of all time. Breathe. <laughs> That's that's really harsh, but he's that got four. So harsh. He's got four shutouts on the year. He could have I a know. fifth. Who knows? I know. Um, but good good night. Um, that's not what I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Um, Refocus. Uh, so as we know, uh, MLB playoffs expanded um, to uh, what was it? Six teams per league, right? That sounds about right. Three division winners, three wild cards. Okay, um, and then. I, Due to COVID, um, the NBA playoffs expanded to a play-in style tournament, which uh, the the bottom, what was it? The bottom, it's seven through 10 in each conference play to get the last two spots um, to get into the, to the playoffs, so to speak. Um, 
and it looks like that's going to stay. Um, say what you want about it, but it's more, you know, prime time, quote unquote, playoff games. Um, and that has people from the NHL thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what was it? Greg Wishnewski? Is that his name? Greg Wishes, Wish, Wishes, yeah, Wishinski. Wishinski. There we okay. go. So he released an article saying that the, it's time that the NHL expands their playoffs. And it was, uh, it was all, I read the article, most of it was focused on the success that the NBA play-in tournament mm-hmm. has had, and it would bring more excitement, it would bring more revenue, it would bring more, uh, like, because it's single elimination, so who wouldn't love that? And I think maybe for hockey, that's a little, well, I mean, it's single elimination for any sport is electric. I I yeah. have been on this podcast saying that I think the wild card game was the one of the best inventions Major League Baseball had had. Because mm-hmm. after 162 games, you get one shot <laughs> yeah. to get... I, th- I thought that was awesome. But it was awesome because the... It was awesome because either of those teams could go on and win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay? With the NBA play-in tournament, and maybe I'm just a an anti-cynic anti-nba person or what whatever um none of those seven through ten teams have a shot to win the finals right they don't they really don't Mm -hmm. well i mean Um, we know that the same six teams win the nba finals all the time so right and I think we're beginning to, I, I was thinking about this too, and that maybe is a discussion for a different time as the playoffs unfold, um, because we just saw the Brooklyn Nets who had Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant, two of arguably the most talented players in the league right now, get swept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's due to the fact that it was those two guys, and then I probably couldn't name you another guy in the Nets right now. Um, so the super team, I guess, has to have good role players as well but regardless um there's no shot for these teams could they steal a game yeah have they Mm -hmm. stolen a game yes has it been due to injuries i would say mostly um phoenix is really struggling right now because uh their best player devin booker had a calf strain and he's missed a few games um so I mean, I guess my question is, because this entire article was talking about how uh, the NHL should adopt the the NHL style of play in tournament because that would add NBA to more... Style. Yeah, the, the NBA style would add to more excitement, uh, it would mm-hmm. lead to more revenue, um, and the only reason that they haven't done it... And he, he did a, like, rebuttals, and one of the rebuttals like that he answered to is like, Oh, that's just the way that it, it's been. That's just the way that it is. Um, and we should just stick with it. And he's like, that's lame because leagues evolve, they change and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff change or like, you know, the way ga- uh, games are played, change, all of that stuff. Um, but uh, when you expand the playoffs, the talent gets diluted. That's why we don't want mass expansion. See, baseball has the fewest playoff teams, but they are struggling to get that very competitive middle because you're either going to spend all the money in the world to be a top team or you're going to shed payroll until you're barely paying Max Scherzer's contract for your entire team, your entire Mm -hmm. roster. Okay? And that's a that's a playoff system with only six teams per league or per conference. And you've already got that th- problem dealt with. For the NBA, like, like I, I don't think any teams are going to just scrape by to just get into the play-in tournament so they can maybe get into the playoffs because that, that, it's, it's rewarding mediocrity is what it is. That's what it's doing, okay? And... The NHL has 16 teams total uh, in the playoffs. And now I get, as the league expands, you have Seattle, you have Vegas, you have 32 teams instead of 30 now. Um, 
or wait, it is 32, right? Yeah, Because Vegas was 31. Okay. Yes, I was just 32. making sure. Um, so I guess now that you added two teams, maybe, maybe you do add one, but an NBA style play in tournament, I, I, I don't, I don't like that. Because let's let's look let's look at it specifically from this example. Okay, it did happen. The NHL Eastern Conference, all eight playoff teams have over a hundred points. That has never happened in the history of the NHL, and I would like to know if that's happened. Like I would like to know how many total one hundred point teams were in the playoffs total for a Stanley Cup playoffs. I'd like to know that stat, but I was looking so hard for it, I couldn't find it. Um, but that's just one side of the bracket. So if right. we went, if we went with the, uh, if we went with the um, NBA model right now for this season, um, and I'm just pulling up the standings. So and I apologize for the awkward silence. So we have eight teams. So nine, ten. Uh, <laughs> if we went with that model, right, mm -hmm. we would have the, uh, we would have four, in essence, wild card teams. So the top three in each division go to the playoffs, um, and are locked into a playoff series. And then the bottom four have to duke it out. Um, we have Boston who has 105 points. And then we have Washington who has exactly a hundred. And the next two teams are the Islanders and Blue Jack and Blue Jackets. The Islanders have eighty-two points, and the Blue Jackets have seventy-nine. That jump is big. That is significant. Yeah, it's a that very large step down from the top playoff team. Um, what that is. A question of 26 points you're asking me to do math that's, that's 20 that that's 26 points and two points two that's that's 13 wins <laughs> mm -hmm. that's that's a 13 win difference between those yeah. two teams yeah oh so okay well it's an odd year for the eastern conference like uh what about the other side okay it's a little bit better on the other side because I guess the talent is evenly distributed. Uh, but still, um, between um, the first wild card in Vancouver, who's the second, um, it's seven points. So that's, I, I guess it's a little bit closer. Um, but I, I just, I just don't like it because it, it, it it would strive for more mediocrity. It would strive for more of the Oklahoma City Thunders, like trading away their star players, getting 30 million first-round draft picks. It would strive for the, I guess the smaller markets could be involved in the playoffs, but a smaller market would have no chance to win the whole mm -hmm. thing. And on the flip side, I guess it's, oh, that's because the way that it is. The NHL playoffs, people who don't even watch hockey know that the NHL playoffs are awesome. Mm -hmm. So I could, personally, I could see this. I, I would I would be okay with NHL expansion if this. If it developed not the NBA style, but developed the MLB style before the playoff expansion. You have a, you have a wild card game between the 8 and the 9 in a single game elimination where the where the lower wild card has to go and play at the uh at the higher seeds barn and play one shot to make it to the playoffs i think that would be awesome okay. that would be fun not this not this like not this like the top 4 like you could lose twice don't lose twice or whatever i i just think I don't know for and this is a hard argument and this is maybe why 
Wishnewski or whatever the heck his name is. Like, oh, we should we should just do it. But still, we've already seen such a problem with with teams striving for mediocrity just to get in to the MLB playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see it soon with the NBA. Because, I mean, everybody knows if you don't have your superstars, then you're not going to win. So let's just strive to for mediocrity here and just hope that we can, you know, squeeze in on this playoff revenue. And then ultimately, like, it's going to it's gonna make the the championship seem less, almost. If, or the playoffs seem less. If, if over 50% of your teams make it into the playoffs or have a shot to make it into the playoffs, like, that's lame. I mean, I saw some, I heard somebody say and looked at some of the comments on Twitter. It's like, this is just going to go to like the European like stuff, no playoffs and just, Mm -hmm. and just like a single season champion or like relegation and stuff. People seem to like that, but no, I love a tournament player season, get to the best of the best. Like the perfect, the perfect tournament ever is the NCAA March Madness. You, you string seven games in a row. You're a national champion after Mm -hmm. a long and grueling season. If you win that, I mean, there's a ton of teams in that, but no one thinks, no one thinks anything of it. But that's because the system works. Once, once a play-in tournament team wins an NBA championship, let alone, let let's talk about an eight seed in the NBA winning a playoff series first before we can mm-hmm. get anywhere, because. No shot Columbus has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Not even. No shot. I would no. even argue I would even argue that uh Vancouver doesn't have a shot to win the Stanley Cup. What are they at? at? What all. are their points again? Eighty seven. Yeah. Eighty seven points. And maybe that's because the West is a bit more the talent is stretched a bit more uh than the East. And that would make sense if eight teams have a hundred points. <laughs> so yes. Uh, but still just like, I mean, in that system, the, the Red Wings would be, uh, what is it? Math stinks. Would be seven points away from the play in tournament. We've Mm -hmm. seen this team play. Is that team a playoff team? No, not even close. Not even close. I mean, and then let's say they were to win their play in tournament. And they get into a, a playoff series. They win in a they win in four games. No, no, no. They could win one, maybe. maybe. But we already saw that when they were an eight seed, uh, mm-hmm. their last year against Tampa, they won a game. They weren't going to do anything. We all no. knew that. We all knew no. that. I guess bottom line, be careful. <laughs> like, don't completely dilute your talent or the thing that's so good because mm-hmm. if there's anything that the NHL does well, it's market the Stanley cup playoffs. And that's what that guy talked about in his article. They market this so, so well. And like the, the, the glory, um, the ruggedness, but also the grace of, you know, the Stanley cup w- winning the trophy, raising it up. And just like this, like sheer celebration. It's the mm-hmm. best, the best marketing in sports. Um, yep. But I think it means a little bit less if there's 24 teams vying for the the trophy in the playoffs, quote unquote. I just I don't know it, it, the competitor yeah. in me. I think it's I think it's pretty it's near perfect where it is right now, mm-hmm. um, and especially like you said, it's it's pulling in an un. Nah, that's not the word I want. It's pulling in a market of people who don't normally watch. It's, um, in a lot of ways, it's similar to March Madness, right? You only have, um, some, <laughs> there are people out there that only watch basketball when March Madness is on. Sure. There are people out there that only watch hockey when, when the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening because mm-hmm. they're so much fun. And the most wild stuff happens because hockey is a is a game of inches and a game of milliseconds, right? And things can change on a dime so, so fast. Um, And to keep it condensed keeps that intensity and keeps that 
pressure cooker, air quotes, yeah. if you want to, um, on high rather than, um, rather than letting off the gas. Yeah. I just use like six metaphors in that one sentence. So I no, you're good. <laughs> I think this is, this is how I would want to close this. I would love to see, cause the guy's main point was like all about ratings, revenue. That's why they should expand. I want to see the ratings for the all of the play and tournament games for the NBA compared to the wild card games for baseball. Mm-hmm. Because I be fe- I feel like of the of the playoff baseball games I've more watched and been in tune to, it's been those wild card games because yeah. it's like this is it. And, like, for the NBA play-in tournament, I kind of, like, forget. It's like the Cavs, I think, were, a seven, were, were the seven seed, and then they ended up losing two games um, and uh, didn't make it. Um, I kind of forgot <laughs> that some of those games were happening. And it's like, oh, yeah, so this team lost twice? Okay, cool. But, like, uh, frickin' the Rockies and the Cubs played a wild card game a couple years ago and it went into extra innings uh and the rockies had to play a tiebreaker game um and they lost so then they had to go to chicago the next day who chicago lost i think the regular or lost the the division on their last game of the year so they had to play at home so then they had to play the wild card game at home against the Rockies, and that game went into twelve innings, and then the Rockies ended up beating the Cubs. Oof. Like, like the single elimination works if it's truly single elimination. I feel sure, like a sure. team, like teams falling, like it's like it's like it's only single elimination for one team, in a sense, right? So. If you're going to expand and you're not going to do an extra series, do a wild card game. Do your do your tiebreaker, do your wild card game for the NHL. Follow the MLB model. I think maybe the heart of my argument is the NBA model stinks. The MLB model rocks. <laughs> so All if right. you're going to expand NHL, do that. That's my, that's my takeaway. This 40-minute conversation could have been summed up by that, I think. And I just wasted all of your time. So you're welcome, America. Um, <laughs> we host a podcast. We waste. This, yeah. That's our job is wasting time. Right. So two cents. I'm done with it. That's it. We have one more team to talk about. And it's still very, very big. <laughs> um, unless you have thoughts, Noel. No, I, I think we kind of encapsulated everything. Um, but yeah, we have an upcoming draft this week. Um, yes. The... NFL draft is Thursday. First round is there. First round is Thursday. And then, you know, subsequently the two days afterwards. Um, Yeah, it's two days, right? NFL draft is three days long. Three days. There's like a billion people. Okay. Um, And the Tigers have the second pick and there have been some rumors floating around. Why am I? It is late. It is way past my bedtime. Uh, The Lions have the second pick. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten some rumors about uh, about what the Jaguars might do. Do you want to jump on that at all? Yes. Um, so, it seems as if Aiden Hutchinson as the number one overall pick is not a done deal. And Tavon mm-hmm. Walker, who mm-hmm. is a edge rusher for the Georgia Bulldogs, has become the favorite for the number one overall pick i'm not going to get into all the semantics and the uh details of that one i because i can't really make sense of it and two i don't care um because the guy that everybody wanted from the very beginning seems to be within our grasp Mm -hmm. he was at the he threw the opening pitch at the tigers game the other day through the opening pitch of the Tigers game is a local legend uh, for the season that he had at University of Michigan. It it seems like things are falling into place for the Lions, which don't is say a, that too loud. Do not I, say that too loud. I won't say it too loud because I still firmly believe that whatever the Lions touch will turn to crap. 
Um, <laughs> I've said that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, however, kind of like last year, the Lions got their guy. And it seems like the Lions may have another opportunity to get their guy. But this also limits our options. So we talked about this before the podcast as we planned on what we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the past few weeks have been us like narrowing down our choices. Yep. So we started with our hypothetical conversation between these four options. What would you take? Then we talked last week. Okay, there might be three now. Seems like we might have two. We just got two at this point. We just have two. So assuming everything holds, Vegas is correct. The Jaguars take Tavon Walker. The Lions have two options. Draft Aiden Hutchinson or move down. Yeah. Because because I think a lot of teams there's still a lot of draft experts who are like, well, we still think Hutchinson is the is the is the best talent in mm-hmm. the draft. Mm-hmm. And the best talent doesn't always go number one, whether it's known or unknown. Right. Um, maybe the, the Hutchinson isn't the Lions guy, and they're like, "Hey, you want him at two because if he goes to three, he's not he's going to get taken." <laughs> right. Uh, right. So you better you better give us a deal. What do you What do you do? It gives a do, lot of power to the Lions. I mean, it honestly, a, it gives a ton of power to the Lions. How much of their how much of somebody's draft are they willing to give up? Right. For Hutchinson? For Hutchinson. Probably a decent chunk. A decent chunk. Or even a quarterback. I I don't mm. know. That would be revolutionary. Or or I don't I I've got no clue. Um but all of those questions will seemingly be answered. Um personally, I love the fact that a Michigan guy could be, again, for the 80th time on this podcast alone, talked about it before on this podcast. That's cool. Michigan mm-hmm. Michigan people staying in Michigan and hopefully making a name for themselves and becoming good players. I like that. That's fun. Uh, and it's it's getting me dangerously close to the line of, of having hope for this godforsaken football team. Um, Don't go but, doing that. Who right. knows what that'll do to you? Yeah. And I'll say this. If, if, if you have an opportunity to get the number one talent in the draft, odds are that player doesn't flop. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, yeah. So Tigers, yeah. Casey Mize, Spencer Torkelson, uh, Matthew Stafford, when he was drafted, was the was the guy to take number one overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sue was the guy to take at, at least at number two. Yep. Uh, and Calvin Johnson was a guy to take as well in the top ten. Um, I think it also deserves to be said that, like, yes, number two is very important and, like, game-changing, yes. but there's still a ton of draft after that, yeah. right? We still, 100%. and we still have a lot of places to fill, a lot of gaps to <laughs> to stuff rags into to keep the ship from sinking. Yeah. Um. So it's... Those are also things that we need to be aware of. It's not like if we get Hutchinson at two, we're done. That's we've had a good draft. Correct. It would. It definitely helps our our overall rating for sure. But we still yeah. have uh, how many picks do we have after that? Like we have few. We have few. I don't seven, know the exact number. Eight or nine or something like that. I don't know. I think we have I know a lot we have, of picks. There's a lot. How many? I don't even know how many rounds the NFL draft is. I just know seven. there's a billion people in it. Seven. Okay. Yeah. I know we have two in the third. We have at least two thir- picks in the third. Yeah. But, you know, we still need we, st- we still need a lot of things Yes. that we can't get from trades and free agents. So, Well, winning rosters are built on second and third days of the NFL yes. draft. Um, 
Yes. First round picks make a big splash and, you know, can provide a facelift for your franchise. Um, but how you're going to build and develop a championship culture is what those, what those guys, um, on those second and third days do for your team, which right. the lions have never been able to figure out. I mean, it was pretty consistent that guys, the lions would take, uh, on those second and third days wouldn't even be on the team three years later. That's bad. That is bad development of players and scouting, all that stuff. However, it seems like the guys that we've taken, at least even even in this past draft, have been paying dividends, which is sick. And that's why I'm getting excited. Not of the stuff on the field, but because those guys are becoming your bigger producers. Mm-hmm. The guys that you're drafting. Yep. And even the lower level guys that you're drafting, bigger producers. And that's what you want. You that. need producing from first to seventh mm-hmm. in terms of draft uh, location. Yes. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. That's okay. <laughs> My brain function is failing. It's late. It's 1045 at night. It's not late for you. It's late for me. Uh, I didn't sleep well last night, so that's beside the point. But Sorry. 106. Wow. We made, we went through a lot. We got a lot of content. Thank you all so much for listening. Do you have any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns? Uh, Red Wing season is mercifully going to be over soon. Yes. Um, then we can talk about free agency stuff. Yes. Uh, soon we can talk about NBA draft stuff uh, mm-hmm. or watch the playoffs unfold. Um, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly, incredibly excited for these last few days in the NHL uh, because a, the Eastern conference for the playoffs is going to be obscene uh, with all these teams being at a hundred points and B have you been paying attention to what's been happening in the West in terms of like how they're playing or in terms of the the... playoff picture. So Vegas is very much in danger of missing the playoffs. Yes. The whole sharks debacle. Yes. So that was sick, but Vegas and Dallas who are the last They play each other tonight, and Dallas could eliminate Vegas, but um, if Vegas wins, all chaos will ensue. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then that's your your NHL wildcard game, so to speak, sort of a thing. And then that's something you can manufacture every year. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I'm excited for that. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tuned in. I think that game is happening right now. I'll take a look. Um, it might have already happened. I'm gonna be so bummed if it is. I thought uh, it was in the middle. Oh, it's two to two in the third. I gotta watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, we will cut it off then, so Corey can go watch. Uh, thank you all for wa- listening. Not watching, listening. We appreciate you all. Give us a follow. If you could rate us five stars on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. And have a great week. We will have a draft recap for you next Tuesday. Bye. Deuces wild. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.